Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday, 12 o'clock Central, and that number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Rodney in Texas, who says he knows the web penalty should be affecting him, but it's not. So what should he do? Then Victor in South Dakota wants to know how kids will change his filing strategy. And then Everett in Washington has a question about special credits added for military service. And there's a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started. And up first, let's go to Rodney in Texas. Hey, Rodney. Hey, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Great, great. How can I help you? I uh, want to have uh, some information on. I retired from TRS in Texas as a teacher, and um, I received began receiving a pension. But I was already receiving Social Security, having worked in the uh, public sector for years. And I'm still receiving the same amount. I asked them at the time, Social Security, would it change? They said it would change about $300 a month. It has not changed. And I'm receiving um, Social Security, pension, and I've gone back to work in the uh, teachers, uh, as a teacher. What am I, what is my duty now? Am I supposed to tell Social Security that? Well, let's, let's go back through this a little bit and uh, try, to, try to piece this together. Now, the, the years that you spent as a teacher for one of the Texas school districts, did you pay Social Security taxes on those earnings? No, it went right to the TRS. Okay, so it was one of the school districts that does not participate in Social Security. All right, there are, as as you're probably aware, some school districts in Texas that do participate in Social Security. So there's some oddities that that come into play within the uh, great state of Texas. All right, so you have a pension from Social Security, but you also have a Social Security benefit from work that you did outside of your teaching job. Now, how many years did you spend in a job where you paid into Social Security? Oh, at least 25. Okay. So without being able to look at your earnings record, it's going to be difficult. But here's what I want you to do. I just want you to do a quick Google search and look at the Social Security Administration's windfall elimination provision publication. And on page two or three, I can't remember uh, if if it's a two or three page document, they have a table that shows the substantial earnings charts. And what you need to do is figure out how many years of substantial earnings you have. Because the way this windfall elimination provision works is that if you have 20 years or less of earnings that were taxed by Social Security and you have a pension from work where you did not pay Social Security taxes, then you're going to have to be uh, subjected to the windfall elimination provision, which is effectively just a recalculation of your benefit. Now, the full penalty is in 2021 is $498. Now, if they're telling you it's 300, that's telling me that you probably do have some years of substantial earnings, but I need you to go back and figure out how many years you have because that penalty amount starts to diminish at 21 years and at 30 years of substantial earnings 
it goes away completely. But those earnings years have to be above a certain threshold for it to count as a substantial earnings year. And that table that I told you about with the Social Security publication, it's going to list the exact dollar amount of earnings that you had to have for it to qualify as a year of substantial earnings. And so if if you have 25 years, then that $300 uh, penalty amount sounds like it's about appropriate. Now, Assuming then that you do just have 25 years and, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I tell people to go back and check their earnings record, especially for those of you who have these non-covered pensions or pensions from a job where you did not pay Social Security, is that I want to make sure that your earnings record is correct because just a few missing years or maybe years that were recorded incorrectly can make a big difference to your benefit amount. And so I don't want that to end up impacting you. However, after going through this, if you discover that, okay, I only have 25 years of substantial earnings, the windfall elimination provision is still going to apply to me, then you are going to need to let the Social Security Administration know that I'm receiving a pension from non-covered work. And then they're going to start a process to go back and recalculate what your benefit payment should have been versus what they sent you. And then you're going to receive a notice of overpayment. And with that notice of overpayment, it's going to tell you how much you owe them. Now, in the first 30 days of receiving that notice of overpayment, you can, you know, I wouldn't just accept what they tell you without auditing their numbers, without making sure it's right. And you'll be able to go back through your pay history, the amount of social security benefits you've received, the amount of pension that you had, and you'll be able to make sure that it's, it's, it's fairly accurate. So do that before you just accept their word. And if you send them a, uh, an appeal in the first 30 days of receiving that notice of overpayment, they won't try to recollect it until that appeal process is finished and they make that final determination. But if you don't within that first 30-day period, they're going to go ahead and start taking money out of your Social Security check to, uh, to pay for that overpayment. So again, mm -hmm. if you were subject to the windfall elimination provision, you are going to have some benefits that you have to pay back, but you need to double check their numbers and make sure that you are in fact subject to the windfall elimination provision and make sure the way they're calculating it is accurate. Because let me tell you, they're not always accurate when it comes to the, these, these dual provisions of the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. All right. So, and I've gone back to work, uh, but um, I'm not still not sending money to uh, Social Security. How does that, what I need to do with that? So by you going back to work, are you going to be participating in the TRS pension again? No, they won't let me do that. And I'm 68. Okay. Uh, and so you're not contributing to a pension. So your pension amount is not growing, but it's still non-covered work. So they're still going to count that. Um, as earnings years for non-covered work. It's not okay. going to, the, the, you going back to work is not going to make that big of a difference um, in, in anything because it's not going to increase your pension because you're not getting additional years of service. And it's not going to increase your social security benefit because you're not paying into the system. Uh, so I don't think the going back to work part is going to be all that material. It's what's happened up until now that could potentially be the issue. Okay. You're going to have a little I bit of a mess it. on your thank hands. You. I can tell you that, Rodney. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you. All right, sir. Thank you for calling. 
Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSA. RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. Hello. And up next, we're going to Sharice in Texas. Hey there. Hey. How are you? How are you? Fantastic. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm going absolutely crazy with this stuff. Well, how can I help? Uh, I I got a lot of things going on, so I cannot get this clear in my mind. I'm single. I retired at 62. I am now 65. And I have a small 401k that I do not draw on. My pension is like 11002 and my Social Security is like seventeen four. Okay. Do I have to have taxes withheld on both? Well, so that's going to depend on the amount of taxes that you need to pay at the end of the year, right? So if you get to the end of the year and you've had to pay in, then you probably want to put some withholding on some of that. Now, with a pension at 11000 uh, I can tell you that your your Social Security is probably not going to be taxable unless you have some other income. Um, right. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much, but I would just say this, you know, you know how income can come in unexpectedly sometimes. Then if well, that not happens, not, not with you, that's not your history, huh? I understand that. But if that happens and you get some extra income, then I, I I would look at doing some withholding somewhere for sure. Of course. But I think way I figured it on like your website, it comes out to nineteen thousand, which is way under that limit. Yeah. I just want somebody to tell me, yes, you're doing right, don't hold with with PAC on the social security and pension. I've already sent the form in for social security to stop taxes, but not the pension because I got scared. Right. Yeah. All right. So, and they've been holding taxes until uh, July. So, yeah, we're only accounting for this rest of the year. Sure. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen, right, is you get to the end of the year, you file your taxes, and you have this big unexpected tax bill. No one wants that. Exactly. But, but I can tell you that that's that's not likely going to happen because the way this is the way that taxes on your Social Security benefits is calculated is that if you're uh, combined income. Now that's a special number that is that, that has a very special definition with the Social Security Administration or the IRS. If your combined income for a single person is between zero and twenty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars, then none yeah. of your social security benefits will be taxable. All right. right. So it, yeah, yeah, if you look at and that combined income, the way that's calculated, if you take your pension plus one half of your social security, you know, with, with both of those together, you're not at that number yet. So, you know, I don't want to give you tax advice, but, uh, but I would say that you're doing good. I wouldn't expect you to, uh, to have to pay any taxes at all. Yeah, me too. Cause, uh, the way I figure it with all this and I'm not drawing off that 401k, I don't make enough, Yeah, but you know, with IRS, you don't want to screw around with, nor Social Security. So, yep. Now, let me ask you a personal question, okay? How much do you have in your yeah, 401k? I 
got about 37. Okay. All right. So you're going to be fine then because one of the problems that we face with individuals is, you know, you're 65. So you're still seven years away from required minimum distributions kicking in. But we do run into some people sometimes that they have no debt. They have very, uh, you know, very low living expense. And, and so they're not paying tax on their social security benefits, but then they have this big old massive IRA or 401k and they have to start taking distributions out. And those distributions alone will push them into taxable brackets with their social security. But I don't think that's going to happen with you. Just be careful when you're taking money out of that 401k. So for example, if let's say that you see a, a really sweet used Lamborghini that you want to buy and you take your 37. Th- so that ain't going to happen. Okay. So you're not a Lamborghini person then. All right. So no, I'm a Camaro. If you see a new Camaro uh, that, that you want to add to your fleet, then, you know, if you take out that full balance of your 401k, that would push your social security benefits into an area of taxation. So just be careful be with how you take that. Would be better if I put that. in a Roth IRA? Uh, what if I put that 401k in a Roth IRA? No, because then you're going to have to pay taxes on it and you're still going to be into a situation of, of being completely taxable. So, nope, I wouldn't do that at all. Well, perfect. I would. Yes, ma'am. It, not knowing any of your other situation that's, you know, based on oh, taxes alone. I'm debt free and this is all I got. Well, there and you go. That's true. And I'll stop taxes on my pension as well. Yep. Uh, you know, I would obviously put the disclosure in here. Talk to a tax person. Don't don't take tax advice from me. I don't do tax advice. Uh, we're, we're, we're qualified for some of that here, but uh, you just you need to understand that that is not what we do at all. Well, thank you so much for calling, Sharice. And we're going to go to Victor in South Dakota. Hey, Victor. Hey, Devin. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you? Fantastic, sir. Thank you for calling. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm uh, 62, January 16, uh, coming this, this year, coming. And I wanted to know uh, when should I apply for Social Security? Yep, so you're about to turn uh, 62, yeah, and the big decision is in front of you. Yes, uh, January 16th, this coming year. Gotcha. Uh, Victor, are you still working? No, I'm uh, retired. Okay. I got a pension from the MTA New York City Transit Authority in New York City. In New York City, and then you ended up in South Dakota. Yeah, for better uh, governing uh, state. Gotcha. All right. And so crazy uh, New York City. <laughs> you said enough of that. Huh? <laughs> All right. So yeah. Oh my God. So you've uh, you're retired now. You have a pension coming in. Uh, how important is yeah. it to you to get the income from Social Security? I mean, is there a deficit every month in in the amount of money that you have coming in versus what you need, or can you afford oh, to wait? The thing is that yeah. Well, the thing is that uh, I have a son, eight years old, and a daughter, two years old, and uh, a wife, a uh, young wife. So, yep, you know, we live together, and that's the reason why. Perfect. Victor, what I generally tell people is that filing at 62 is a dumb idea unless there's a few factors out there. And one of those factors is if you have minor yeah. children at home, in that case, it can make a yeah. lot of sense to file at 62 because, as you know, when you have yeah. minor children, by you filing, you are also turning on a benefit to your minor children and potentially 
to your wife at home too, if she's not working where she can receive that child in care benefit. So, you know, I, right. she, I, she would be uh, taking care of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of this too is going to depend on your other assets and income. But if we're just looking at social security in its own little vacuum and we're saying, how can we get yeah. the most amount of benefits possible out of social security? then I would say that filing at 62 and turning on those benefits for your children and potentially your, your spouse, that would give you the most in collective household benefits. Now, without knowing some of the other factors, it's, it's really hard to know. But if, if you want to find out for sure and you want mm-hmm. someone to do an analysis for you, because this is a big step, right? Filing at 62. There's no question. I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't take this lightly. So if you want someone to do an analysis for you, down in the link of uh, the video that will be coming out or the podcast, wherever you watch this, there is a link you can click on, and uh, you can go to my team of registered Social Security analysts. They'll, they'll talk to you for free for 15 minutes and then kind of help you decide, mm-hmm. do you need further planning or not? And if you do, they'll run some calculations for you that put in black and white exactly what your options are. And that way, when you make that decision, you're going to know I made the right decision. Yes. So uh, I tell you what, if if you will, if you'll hang on for a second, I want to put you back on hold and I'm going to get Alec to uh, give you that website address that you can go to and, uh, in fact, I tell you, I, I know an easy way to find it right now. My blog, Social Security Intelligence. If you go to my blog, uh, yeah, that, that's my website. If you go to the top right-hand okay. corner, you're going to see a, mm-hmm. a link that says free 15-minute consultation. If you'll click on that, mm. that's going to tell you how to get it scheduled, and you can go right on the calendar with our analyst, and, and they'll be able to walk you through that. Again, it's 15 minutes, there's no charge, and, and they'll help you decide, is this something you need or not? It may be, they'll walk you through some of the details that we're not going to get into on the, the, the show here, but it may be that there's not enough other factors present that requires a plan, and it may be very cut and dried. It's just, Victor, you need to go file for benefits, you know, so you can get this turned on for your yeah. kids. But without knowing, it's uh, very, yeah, very know. difficult to know if that's something you need or not. So yeah, I don't, I don't I don't own anything. Uh, I don't have any money in the bank. No. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. then with, then, you know, I would probably say that, uh, you know, I don't want to give specific advice here on this show that like you need to go do this because you have 12 months to change your mind after you file. But after that, it's an irrevocable decision. You don't get to go back and do right. that over. So, you know, you've got to make sure that you consider all the factors, but just from what I'm hearing so far, then I would say filing at 62 and turning on that benefit to your kids is going to be your best strategy. Yeah. And uh, the, the question was, uh, what if, you know, if my, if my birthday is January, well, it is January 16th. Uh, what month should I file for uh, Social Security, uh, you know, in uh November. Yeah, if you go in, uh, well, I, I, I'm so accustomed to saying if you go in, but the truth is you want to do this online. 
uh, just initially filing yeah. for benefits. So if you get on there and you file for benefits around November, they're not going to turn them on anyway until you get to uh, yeah. your birth date. So you don't have to worry about giving them a specific month of election or anything like that. At 62, your benefits will automatically start. And then you should receive that first check in February. Perfect. All right, Victor. Well, thank you so much for calling. And up next is Rick in Florida. Hey, Rick. Hey, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. How can I help you? I've got a question about GPO and WEP. Oh, fine. Which individually, they seem to be understandable. But my wife is a retired police officer. She's been working and paying Social Security for the last 20 years. She has pension, and we're trying to calculate if she retires at 63, which things will impact her now that Social Security sort of combines the spousal and her portion together. Okay, so your wife. Which applies. Okay, so your wife is... 62, and she's a retired police officer. Yes, but okay. she's working in the public sector. Okay, so yeah. while she was a police officer, did she pay Social Security taxes? No. no. Okay, all right, so she has that pension that's going to be coming in. And what about you? Yes. What was I'm retired and living off my wife's labors and some of our investments. Okay, so did you ever work at a job that was not covered by Social Security? No. Okay, all right, so you paid Social Security the entire time you were working. It's just your wife's work history where she did not. All right, so the government pension offset in this case, it will apply because it was classed as a government job. And the way that will apply is if you take her pension, and let's say that her pension is $3,000, two-thirds of that is going to be subtracted from any spousal or survivor benefits before those are paid to her. So, for example, if she has a survivor benefit coming from you, should you pass away of $2,000, then that $2,000 from the uh, pension, two-thirds of that pension, is going to be subtracted from that, which means that she would get nothing. So that's the very broad basics of the government pension offset. What about WEP if she was to take her Social Security, based on her 20 working years past the police job where she has been paying it. And then should something happen to me, survivor benefits, all those things would kick in. Does GPO still impact her until she gets that critical number 25 years of substantial earnings outside the system? So with the windfall elimination provision, which only applies to a benefit that she has earned, right? So that that's a provision right. that kicks in for an individual who has a pension from non-covered work, meaning they didn't pay Social Security tax. It's an alternate calculation of their Social Security benefit. And one way around that, as it sounds like you've already done some research and figured out, is to have 21, uh, 21 or more years of substantial earnings, and that's a specific number, at, at 21 and above, it starts to diminish. And at 30 years of substantial earnings, the impact of the windfall elimination provision goes away completely. So the only way that she can sidestep the windfall elimination provision is to accumulate 30 years of earnings that she did pay into Social Security and that were above a certain threshold amount. 
Now, in this case, she's she's actually going to be duly entitled, probably, uh, depending on what your work history is, because she's going to be entitled to both her own benefit from the work that she's doing now. That's going to be subject to the windfall elimination provision. But then she's also going to be subject to the government pension offset on the spousal payment portion that's going to come in. Uh, so, you know, uh, in 2021, the government, uh, the windfall elimination provision uh, is a penalty amount of $498 per month, but in, it can't be more than one half of her pension. So, you know, without knowing all the specific numbers, it's hard to tell you exactly how it's going to impact you. But I can tell you that for her social security benefits, for the amount either that she's earned from her own work record or that she has as a spouse or survivor, it's it's going to reduce those pretty significantly. Yeah, the the difference between the full retirement age calculated amounts between the two of us is mine's twice as large as hers, but she would still have to go to 66 and 10 months to be a full retirement age. So we're trying to figure out with the years we have together how to spend them and whether or not to draw or to continue to pull out some of our investments and do it that way. Now, see, that sounds more like a retirement planning question than a Social Security question. Uh, that's something that you, you you need to get a plan, it sounds like, Bill, that takes into account uh, the windfall elimination provision, the government pension offset, as well as a distribution strategy on your investments. Uh, because that's a that's a pretty pretty specialized area of planning that uh, you know, if you don't sit down with someone that understands the government pension offset and the windfall elimination provision, then it's likely that you could project the wrong benefit amount or the wrong income stream to her should you predecease her. So um, I, I would encourage you to, you know, to consider getting a plan done that goes through all of your income sources and, and shows you exactly how those, um, you know, should should fall on a year by year basis. Okay. Um, is that something that you provide a service for? Because I've been through three financial planners that promised the world and sink in the Social Security swamp. You know, Rick, I, I, I don't know what to tell you there. Well, it, the short answer is yes, I do. But but what I don't know what to tell you about is my frustration with that because I, I run into it all the time where, you know, we're talking about a, a system here that on average provides Americans 40% of their retirement income, and yet it's something that is so poorly understood. And then when you take the government pension offset and the windfall elimination provision, there's almost no financial planners that understand it. And beyond that, the folks at the Social Security Administration, rarely can you find someone there that understands it. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. That is a service we provide. Uh, You can go to my website, SocialSecurityIntelligence.com. In the right-hand corner, you'll see the uh, the the menu item that says free Social Security consultation, and that's going to get you hooked up with a registered Social Security analyst that understands the the WEP and the GPO inside and out. There's a there's a team of three guys, uh, and then they have me that they fall back on when they have questions. But yeah, this is not foreign land for them at all. Okay. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Rick. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. And up next, we have Everett in Virginia. Hey, Everett. Hi, Devin. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, well, thank you for calling. How can I help you? Well, I have a very specific question for all the veterans out there, because I read an article that said that reduce some military credits for Social Security. And um, 
I don't think I've gotten mine, but let me just give you, they're called deemed military wages. Okay. And it's back in the days when we, we, there was a draft and we were paid so little that Congress authorized these deemed military credits for every $300, in my case, $300 a quarter uh, for the time that I was in the service. And I was in the service for five years. So, and I'm also subject to the windfall elimination provision. So if I made so little in the military back in those days that I don't even have substantive earnings. So this would actually boost boost me well above the 20 years if I got it. So that's the background. Now, here's the very narrow part of my question is that when I look at my earnings statement, they're clearly not on there because I've got my tax files all the way back to the time that I first filed in 1966. They're not on there. Social Security says that they've automatically been put on there. Now, but it also says in the operations manual that if I can show that that's not correct, that they will give me those credits. So here's the very narrow question I've got for you. When I look at my earnings statement, is that where the, the, they should be shown or is it somewhere else? To my knowledge, Everett, if they have added those special military credits, they're going to show up there on your earnings record. Now, I'll tell you this. I've never actually seen a an, an earnings record that had those added, uh, which I would be very interested to see one, but I've just never ran into one that, that had it added. So I don't know if it's put on its own line, if there's a special code for the earnings, if there's any kind of signifier that, that it's been added there, I really don't know. Uh, so I would, I would love to see one. So if anyone out there is listening that has an earnings record that has those special military credits added, send it to me. So, uh, so I can add that to my uh, knowledge base. So when did you serve? 1970 to 1975. Okay. I was in the air force. In the air force. Well, God bless you. And thank you for serving. Just with all of the stuff going on in Afghanistan, the loss that we've had over there, you know, I think that that just deepens the appreciation I have for uh, for all of our service members. Uh, they don't they don't get to do things of their own choosing sometimes, and uh, you know, when we see that kind of loss and the uh, the moms and dads who are crying over those coffins coming home, it just is heartrending and goodness gracious. But back to the subject of the conversation. Uh, if I remember correctly, in the seventies, you were giving. I believe it was an extra $300 in earnings for every quarter of service. So that would give you up to $1,200 in additional earnings for the year. Now I'm, I'm pulling that off my memory so that I may not have that right, but, but it's close to that. Uh, what have you read about it? Well, I, I've gone to the, <laughs> I've actually gone into the uh, program, the operation manual for social security about this issue. And if a financial planner wrote an article on this, that's why I was interested in it. He's saying he's never seen one that was ever credited. And um, that's how I got into it. And he says, you go into the office and show them the facts. I can't go into the office because they, they aren't accepting people in the office. Right. And I, but anyway, the bottom line of it is I've also gone to the operation manual and I can show in there where it goes into something called the master earnings record. Uh-huh. Okay? But I, I can't link that to my actual earnings statement. Are they the same thing? Should If it goes into the master earnings statement credited there, well, it should it show up on my uh, my individual earnings statement, or does that make right. any, any so, sense to you? So, yes, it does. As I understand the system, what you've got to remember when you're reading those POMS references is that sometimes you'll see these these acronyms and abbreviations for internal systems within the Social Security Administration, because ultimately that is their manual for processing claims. And so sometimes you'll see things on there that that. Uh, you know, they don't put in any of their other websites. But as I understand it, the master earnings record is what turns into 
your personal earnings record. I don't know of any cases where there's an omission from the master's earnings record that's not put into your uh, personal earnings record. So, you know, for example, if military credits have been added to the personal or the master earnings record, I'm going to make the assumption that they carry over to that personal earnings uh, history that you can get at ssa.gov with your online account. Uh, now, I can't say I know that for a fact because, again, I've, I've never seen one of these and I, I really want to. And that's interesting that you say you found another article by another financial planner who also said that he had never seen one. Uh, I, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. So when you get it fixed, would you send it to me? I, I most certainly will. And I'll just say, you know, I want to, this, this is pertinent to all your listeners, probably my military thing is not, but when you call into Social Security, uh, and I called in about this problem, they told me to send the information to my office, which I did, which is in Alexandria. And um, and I sent all that with me, you know, so that it could be traced priority mail with tracking and you know they took 14 months and never responded and finally i had my congressman get it and they responded immediately to the congressman that's how sad the social security yeah. system is that you have to go to a congressman to get them to respond but they said it was automatically added but i can show that it's not been automatically added if if my earnings record if it's supposed to be in my earnings record that's the only right. part that i can't tell from the man anyway my dear friend you do a great job i'm really impressed with everything you've done uh thank you keep up the good work and if i get that information for you i'll give it to you okay? thank you so much Everett, and thank you for calling have a great day well that wraps up today's show thank you so much for listening hey if you found today's show valuable would you mind leaving me a review i read every one of them and i assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon. 